So we are doing a series at the minute on the Holy Spirit. So we're just making sure we're on. Um, there we go. And um, this is the second week. So last week I did a kind of an intro week and I talked about the person of the of Holy Spirit. And if you remember as well, I was saying that quite often we use the when we say Holy Spirit. But um, people wouldn't call me the Chris. At least I hope they wouldn't. Um, and so I'm going to try again to use Holy Spirit without the the. Um, and it's it's more than just the kind of semantics. It's to actually sort of say the Holy Spirit is a person. So we should think of Holy Spirit as a person in the same way we think of Jesus um, uh, as a person as well. Uh, and we looked at, at why the Holy Spirit was, was a person in terms of... Um, more than just like a power or an energy, that the Holy Spirit is, is part of the Trinity and also has emotions, thinks, fails, can be grieved, and, and we went through all that last week too. So if you weren't here and you want to kind of get uh, the podcast, it should be uh, up uh, later on today. It wasn't uploaded last week, but it will be going up later on. Um, so the Spirit has a characteristics of personhood as we looked at um, last week. And what I want to look at this week is a couple of things really. The first one is how Holy Spirit um, reflects Jesus and is connected to um, the person of Jesus. And then I want to look at um, a second thing, which is some of the ways in which the Holy Spirit works to bring transformation and change in, in our lives, the scope and depth of that um, so, first of all, the Spirit and Jesus. The Spirit um, makes more sense as a person when we understand how closely he reflects Jesus. Uh, and in the same way that Jesus and the Father are different and yet reflect each other, so it is with the Spirit. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So a lot of what we know and understand about the Father should come from uh, a revelation of, of Jesus and how he lived. When we look at Jesus, we see the Father. Um, and Jesus went on uh, to say this as well. Um, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And this is Jesus at the end of his ministry explaining to the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, and I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And, and so we accept that and we understand that as being a revelation of um, uh, from Scripture about who the Father is as well as who Jesus is. And whilst there's mystery in that, we're okay with that. Um, we're comfortable with that. And, and, and so we see this as well in some ways, although it's a lot more than this, but um, a number of years ago, somebody walked up to me and they said, um, you're Robert Leach's son, aren't you? And I was like, yes. And it's like, oh, the last time I saw you, you were a wee kid. You were like about eight years old, right? And I was probably in my mid-30s at this stage. But they were like, you just look like your dad. You know, that's how I knew it was you, because you look so much like your dad. And so, uh, for better or for worse, we find that, don't we, in families, that we, we kind of, we look like each other. But more than that, sometimes we carry characteristics of personality and humor and, and stuff like that, um, uh, as, as well as carrying the name. Um, 
And so we can understand what that looks like in our own lives. Whilst we're very different and we're distinct people, there's, a, there's something about family within us. And some kids more than others will model themselves and model their lives on their parents. And so uh, I know this little kid, and uh, he used to like have this really kind of like funny walk, and he would walk like this all the time. And everybody thought it was because he was being hard and being cool, but it wasn't. It was because his dad needed two hip replacements, and so he he copied his dad, and his dad had to walk like this because he had two dodgy hips. Uh, and it's amazing what we then take on board and we copy from. Our parents, and but Jesus specifically in his ministry was looking to the Father, and the Father, who, um, if you like, the revelation of of God was known through the Old Testament scripture, but the revelation of God as Father was something that that was one of the main things that Jesus brought. He said, "I've come to reveal the Father. I've come to uh, for the Father to be known, and everything I say comes from the Father." And so we have this sense in which. In a very real, real way, what Jesus lived out was a revelation of this is what the Father looks like, the Son sort of glorifying the Father in his earthly ministry. And so we could say accurately as well that the greatest example of what a father looks like in Scripture is someone who had no children. It's Jesus. He models out what the Father looks like. And so if we take this thinking, what we realize is at the end of of Jesus' ministry, and particularly in, in the Gospel of John, we see that Jesus says, Hey guys, I'm going to go and leave you now, but I'm sending another one who's in my mold, who's like me, um, and uh, he's called the Counselor. So I've come in the Father's name, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus came in the name of the Father, but the Spirit is sent in the name of the Son. And so the Spirit continues the work of Jesus. And just as Jesus taught the truth and was the truth, you know, Jesus said about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So also the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. It's a continuation on of the same thing, and that's from John 14 Verse 17, and the Spirit's mode of operation, if you like, is to glorify Jesus. In the same way that Jesus brought glory to the Father, the Spirit is bringing glory to Jesus. Um, it says in John fifteen twenty six and 27, when the Advocate or the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So Jesus was saying, when the Spirit comes, he's going to testify about me. He's going to speak um, uh, about me. And Jesus said that, um, and so, sorry, I, I changed my notes. Um, and I want to just get, because I realized that they weren't in biblical um, order. And, and I'm quite ordered in that way. But anyway, um, Jesus said that, I will come to you. When I go away, I will come to you. So uh, Jesus is going away. He's going into heaven. But at the same time, he's saying that he's going to come to us. And we get this from um, John 14. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it not, neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus is saying the Spirit is going to come. He's going to live in you and be with you. But I will not 
leave you orphans, I will come to you. So in a way, what Jesus is saying is why you know, we know that he ascended to heaven, he is also with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit um, is giving glory and bringing revelation to who Jesus is and is in effect being Jesus in us and through us. Um, and, and so Jesus says another thing, although, again, we know that Jesus is ascended and is in, in heaven with God, at the end of Matthew, uh, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 20, we read that Jesus says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So how can Jesus be with us if he's in heaven? Because the Spirit is with us, and the Spirit is providing a revelation, and the Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. And um, and again, Jesus confirms that, that the Spirit is continuing on his ministry um, when he says in John 16, I have much more to say to you and more than you can now bear. But when he, uh, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And so we have this, if you like, um, circles of revelation of Jesus revealing the Father, of uh, and of Jesus then sending the Spirit who is bringing revelation to who Jesus is, who is bringing revelation of who the Father is. And so we have this, if you like, um, what theologians would call the dance of the Trinity as they all seek to honor and glorify each other uh, and bring revelation to each other. And so through the Spirit, we will see Jesus and understand who Jesus is. Um, the Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. And so we get that in, in or the Spirit of Jesus, and we get that in places like Romans 8, verse 9, and 1 Peter 1, verse 11. Um, I'll read to you what a little uh, theologian has written a great book on the Holy Spirit. Um, it's quite in-depth. A guy called Michael Green said, and he said, The identity between Jesus and the Spirit could scarcely be more strongly stressed, particularly as he goes on to say, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Nothing of the personality Nothing of the personality of the Spirit as embodied in Jesus will be lost when the disciples come to experience him as advocate. Indeed, John breaks all the rules of Greek by referring to the Spirit, which is a neutral or neuter word in Greek, by the masculine pronoun. The Spirit is as personal as the Jesus at whose behest he comes. And so, if you like, if we want to understand who Holy Spirit is, we already have a revelation of the type of person that he is because his desire and his role is to reveal Jesus. And so if we feel that we can get to know Jesus, then we can also get to know Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit has come as the Spirit of Christ, bringing a revelation of Christ and so operates very like Christ. Another way that we can make sense of that and understand that would be if we looked at the fruits of the Spirit. So the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I have memorized them. There's nine of them. 
I would suggest that you think about memorizing them too because they're really quite important. Um, but if we think about the fruit of the Spirit, so what the, the fruit that the Spirit brings in someone's life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, in whose life do you see those things modeled out perfectly? In the life of Jesus. So again, we see that the, the link between, the, the connection between the Spirit and Jesus is so strong. And so uh, we can add to our thinking on the, the person of the Spirit, the personal characteristics of Jesus. While it's holding on to the truth that the Spirit is distinct within the context of the Godhead. And so there'll always be an element of mystery in this. We'll always have to kind of think, well, what does that really mean or look like? But you know, one of the wonderful things about God is that he wants to be known. He wants to be discovered. He wants to be with us. And, and, and Holy Spirit uh, in Scripture is given this name. Uh, the Advocate, the Counselor will be with you. Um, and this means... Uh, one called alongside to help. So again, you see, this is a continuation of what Jesus was doing. So Jesus is the one called to the Father's side in heaven to help us to intercede on our behalf in heaven. He passes the Spirit on to us, and his disciples actually experience a continuation of Jesus being with them from what they had experienced in their in his earthly ministry. So for three and a half years, the disciples were with Jesus. He was with them. He said, I'm going to leave you, but I'm actually going to send somebody else who's going to be with you. He's going to be in you, and he's going to continue my work. Um, and so this idea, this concept of the Spirit being transferred from one person to uh, the next as well is very biblical. We find that in the Old Testament. So what we see is that um, when Moses uh, Moses actually passes the Holy Spirit on to Joshua, who carries on, on his ministry, and we see that Elijah um, passes the Holy Spirit on to Elisha, who also continues his ministry. So then what we also see is that Jesus, who is empowered by the Spirit, and that's how he lived his earthly ministry, passes the Holy Spirit on to the disciples who continue his ministry. And that includes us. So the ministry of Jesus, as we see in the New Testament, is continued on by the disciples who become the apostles, which is continued on by the early church, which is continued on by us who are in the same mold, as it were, of Jesus in following God and making him known. And so Jesus was with his disciples, taught his disciples, led his disciples. So we should also expect that the spirit of Jesus would continue to do the same sorts of things. Um. And actually, when we read at the start of Acts, um, Luke, who had told the story of Jesus, said, In my former book, Theophilus, I, I've told you what all that Jesus began to teach and to do. And so we see that the Acts, which is the story of the new church, is a continuation, is an unbroken continuation in terms of what Jesus went and did. Except that now the spirit that rested upon Jesus is resting upon us. And the person of Jesus is revealed to us through the person of Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, his, his job is to glorify Jesus. He doesn't speak on his own authority. And so we read that in John 16. 
But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell of what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he makes known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I have said um, the Spirit will receive from me and will make it known to you. And so we see that the Holy Spirit will always seek to glorify Jesus, will always seek to, to make Jesus known. Um, and he does that through revelation of information, but also in his personhood uh, as well. And so we become a new person, uh, and, and it's through the work of the Holy Spirit that that, that new person um, actually happens. And um, Paul talks about this in Second Corinthians, where he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Um, and Jesus said, as we looked last week, he said that you need to be born again. Um, to be alive in the spirit, that actually we were spiritually dead, as it says in Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, uh, and you craved the things of the sinful nature, but now you are alive in Christ. Um, And so we have this new life, a life where our desires and who we are and what we want is being changed by the work of the Spirit. And so it's in the context of the new person and the work of Holy Spirit in us that we can actually start to live the life of Christ. And um, we're to pattern our lives after the life of Jesus. And anything close to this is impossible. And it's very important that we come to terms with the impossibility of the Christian faith. Uh, it's important because that, that places a complete reliance on us to the work of the Spirit. You see, what happens so often is that we come to church and we're told, hey, do you know what? If you do this and you do that and if you behave and if you say this and say that and turn up at all these meetings, you're going to be changed, you're going to be transformed. And what we hear, and particularly if you're a personality type that is a real doer, I love to do stuff, Tell me what I just, just tell me what I need to do. I've had people say that to me, just tell me what it is I need to do to be a good Christian, just tell me, give me a list of stuff. And um, they're like, well, it's kind of the work of Holy Spirit in you, bringing you change and transformation. And, and it's about that relationship. And yes, you will do stuff too. But the, the actual transformation happens supernaturally, not through um, uh, fulfilling a list of criteria of activity. And um, this for me is is important because if we if we don't get this what happens is that we fail constantly as Christians how many people do you meet who say I can never be a Christian because I can never be that good I can never do this I can never do that how many people don't stay in the church because they can't continue to be good and how many of us pretend that we are good because we think that everybody should be good right and that's what happens. And, and how often do we hear Christians being called hypocrites? Because what? They say one thing and do another. Right? And I have learned over years of being a pastor that that's what happens in the church. And, and then what people do is, we know when you constantly fail all of the time, that most, the easiest way to get around that is to lower the bar is to lower your expectation, is to lower um, the entry level and to kind of say, well, 
you know, Jesus, oh, he was amazing, wasn't he? Wasn't he great? Wasn't he amazing? But he was God's son, so it's no wonder he was able to do all that amazing stuff in the Bible. Isn't he amazing? Isn't that great? Let's start looking at Jesus as that kind of figure that's way out there, that's the model citizen in which we should admire, but we're never really going to be like him till we get to heaven. So let's not even really try. In fact, let's just kind of turn up at church every week and just do you know enough to get by him, because we're all getting to heaven anyway. And, and slowly but surely, this kind of way of thinking comes in and it comes in because we struggle with failure so much we can never be good enough we can't do enough we can't we can't change we can't be transformed i've tried i've tried I've tried reading my bible i've tried praying i've tried worshiping i've tried turning up at loads of meetings and we've forgotten something with forgotten that Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, you must be born of, of the Spirit. And so there's actually a new person living within us that's changing and transforming and, and looks like Jesus. And not only that, but it's the Spirit of the living God has been placed in us. And that Holy Spirit, he is bringing change and transformation to us. And... um. Rather than being changed on the outside through outward behaviour and um, adherence to rules and regulations, and funny enough, those are the people that annoy Jesus the most. The Pharisees, you whitewashed tombs, you look amazing on the outside, but inside you feel a dead man's bones. Actually, the change is happening internally, and so we need to embrace the fact that if we want to see change we want to see the fruit of the spirit just bubble up and, and come out of us and that, that we are marked as people who are loving and joyful and, and have peace and and all that kind of stuff that it has to be the work of holy spirit and so um to be experts in the life of the spirit in terms of spiritual gifts and the fruit of the spirit we must um come to terms with the extent of transformation that the spirit brings and so we need to be secure enough in our own identity as sons and daughters of God to embrace the fact that we need to change. You see, lots of us don't need, like to hear that word even. Do you know, like, if somebody walked up to you and just said, you know what, I really think you need to change, right? Especially if you're married to that person. It's really hard to hear that, isn't it? You really need to, you need to change. But, and because we get all insecure and we ask ourselves questions like, well, what's wrong with me? This is just the way I am. This is a classic justification. If you find yourself saying that, then you you know you've got a problem. Um, But if we understand that God is our Father, that he loves us and that he's for us, then the need to change should be something that we should embrace because God made us in the first place. And he knows how we can live in the fullness of who we were created to be. And therefore, embracing change needs to be really important. For us to embrace change, we also need to be able to embrace the work of Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I want to just, um, for the rest of this we talk, I'm not going to be too much longer, I want to talk about how Holy Spirit starts to bring change and transformation. So I've got this little diagram, and you might notice something. This, this man doesn't have any feet. I don't know why. 
but I just couldn't find a logo that had feet. So you'll have to deal with that. But this is this is the person, okay, that I want us to think about. This is us. And so starting at the head, we have a new identity. So the Spirit comes and speaks to us about our new identity. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. So, we have been adopted into sonship. We've been birthed into God's family through a supernatural work, not through something that we do, but through something that the Spirit has done. And so the Spirit is living in us. Holy Spirit is, is helping us. And so something happens to us that Holy Spirit witnesses to our hearts and reveals to us and enables us from somewhere deep within ourselves to cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, the Holy Spirit is enabling us to really, truly relate to God as Father. And if you're not experiencing that, then there's breakthrough for you and there's hope for you. And if you've had a really bad and terrible or non-existent Father experience, Holy Spirit can bring transformation to that. He can rewrite the story of your life in terms of when you hear the word Father, what is the first thing you think of? We need to be thinking of Daddy God, of someone that loves us and embraces us. And do you know what? See if you've had the most amazing father experience in the world. God has still got so much more for you, so much more to bring, so much more to reveal. And so um, we have this new identity. And so we start from this place of identity. We're loved by God. And that's a place from which we do everything else. Um, And then... uh, we have a new oh there we go we have a new mind and the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes to us and speaks into our mind and so holy spirit brings wisdom and revelation and the bible says we have the mind of christ uh, it says as well in romans 12 be transformed by the renewing of your mind um i'll read you from i don't have it up on the screen but first corinthians 2 verse 12 what you have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by humans, human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. So our mind is renewed, our mind is transformed. We start to, to, to understand and to think and to see clearly. And God speaks into our mind. He brings wisdom and revelation and he brings truth. And therefore, if he brings those things, he breaks down lies. And, and so our minds are transformed and we think differently. And the, the battle for our lives very often is, is in here. It's in here because what we, we listen to and what we think about in here, how we think about ourselves, how we think about other people, that very often determines how we operate in, in healthy or unhealthy ways in relationships and how we think about ourselves. But we have a renewed mind and Holy Spirit is bringing rene- renewal to our minds. And in fact, that passage in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 onwards goes on to say, we have the mind of Christ. Okay? 
we have the mind of Christ. And so, therefore, if you take that um, uh, forward, you start to think about people who have the mind of Christ, who are in family situations. I have the mind of Christ. I can't figure out what to do in my family. I have the mind of Christ. I've got the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We're in business. We have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We start to think differently. We start to come up with strategies and answers. and, uh, And the mind of Christ is there. And so, in a way, we're kind of cheating. Everybody else has just got their own minds and we've got the mind of Christ plus our own. So, you know, we, we should see the fruit of that over time. Uh, and so, yeah, we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and that's from uh, Ephesians 1. And then we also have new eyes and ears. Some of us feel like we could do with new eyes and ears. Um, but no eye has seen and no ear has heard what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Okay, so we have new eyes and new ears. And what that means is that we see and hear differently. Jesus said throughout his earthly ministry, he who has eyes to see, he who has ears to hear, Are we listening differently? Can we hear the voice of God? Are we listening in conversations with people? And can we do we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation to figure out what they're really talking about? Do we see differently? Do we see what's going on in our world when we stick on the TV? Do we see what's going on in in relationships around us? The Holy Spirit is enabling us to hear differently and to see differently in lots of different ways. Not only that, but we have a new voice. Um, And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And so we have a new mind, new eyes, new ears, and a new voice. We have the ability to speak into situations and circumstances. We have words that come not from us, but from the Spirit. And so our our mouths should be marked by the Spirit's working, what he's working internally in us and through us, we will speak out. And so Christians should be marked by a new voice. And I talked about this a little bit last week, but we have a new heart I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. And so the heart in this um, example will be our our desires. Um, And so God gives us a new heart. And so he gives us the ability to love people above and beyond what we can give ourselves. He gives us the ability to follow his decrees and to be careful to keep his laws because we have a heart's desire to do that thing above and beyond our own desires. So we get a new heart. Um, And we get a new walk and we get new desires. And so this is what it says in Galatians 5.16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And so we have a walk. We can walk, we can journey through life, we can figure out what way to go, where God is leading us, how we walk um, through all the experiences, the ups and downs of, of life as we as we lead it. And we... Um, 
We're not gratify the desires of the flesh. And I think that, that walking and desires are put here together for a very specific reason. You see, if our desires rule us, that will determine how we walk. It'll determine where we go, what we do, and how we do it. But when we walk by the Spirit, we will journey through life, not being led by our sinful desires, but being led by the Spirit. And what you find very often in life is it'll probably be one or the other. Are you going to be led by your desires? I want this. I want that. I'm going here. I'm going there. I need, 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 need. And that driving us, or you know, we live in a society uh, where we have um, a consumeristic environment all the time telling us what we need, what we need, what we need. And that drives us. And we end up walking towards things and people and stuff all of the time. But the alternative is to walk in the Spirit. And so... What we find is that in every way, Holy Spirit is bringing change and transformation to us. And I just use those kind of physical examples for us to think, you know, the different layers and the different ways. And that's not an exhaustive list about the way Holy Spirit wants to bring change and transformation to us, how he does it. Um, And it comes through every single aspect and area of our lives. And it's not amazing. You know, that we get to think differently, that we get to see differently, that it starts from a place of identity. We get to hear differently. So when we hear voices saying, you're nothing, you're rubbish, you can't do this, you can't do that, we go, oh, that's, I'm going to use these other ears. And these other ears are tuned into the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm great. I'm a child of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I'm seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Oh, I think I'll just listen. I'm going to start listening to that voice using those ears, and I'm not going to listen to all the other voices and all the other messages that are out there. When it comes to how we look at things, isn't it great that we can put, if you like, Holy Spirit glasses on? So we're in a situation where there's no hope, where life is a mess, where everything around us is chaos, and suddenly we go, oh, Holy Spirit has a way out of this. God has a way through this. There is hope. There is a future. There is a way through this because I'm using my spiritual eyes now. And um, you could go through each one of those and think about the ways in which Holy Spirit is leading us differently. But what I kind of want to leave you with today is to think about you and ask yourself the question, am I being changed? Am I being transformed? What is the extent of that change and that transformation? Am I willing to let Holy Spirit have his way? That might not look all that safe. It might look a bit chaotic. But sometimes, if you remember uh, last week, I read to you from uh, John chapter 3, and it says that... um, Jesus spoke to Nicodemus and he said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. And then it says, the wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it is coming from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. And could it be that when Holy Spirit actually starts to lead us, things get a little bit out of control? As far as we are concerned, I'm not talking complete and utter chaos here, by the way. Okay, don't be going crazy and blame me. Um, What I am saying is that 
so often in life we try to control things. We try to control our environment. We try to control our sense of safety. We try to control our relationships. We try to manage things because it's too much for us. But maybe as Holy Spirit leads us, we find ourselves feeling slightly out of control. uh, And that puts us in a place where we have to exercise this weird Christian thing called faith. Okay? And John Wimber used to say, faith was spelled R-I-S-K. So when Holy Spirit starts to lead us, we're able to manage everything quite fine. Well, I've got it all sorted out, but now Holy Spirit's leading us and things start to get a bit out of our comfort zones. And we have to actually start to exercise faith. We have to start praying things like, oh God, oh God. This is one of the best prayers. Oh God, oh God, help. If you don't come, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm in this situation and it's new and it's different. And I don't have the experience for this. And I don't, I don't know what to say here and there. I'm forgotten something. The spirit of wisdom and revelation with me. I've got Holy Spirit with me. I've got the spirit of Christ with me. Well, actually, there must be a way through this. But it's, it's only in that place of risk, of faith, of stepping out, that you will find those experiences. And so the way in which we grow and the way in which you're going to grow in Holy Spirit as he leads is to step out of your comfort zone and into a place where you have to take, uh, have to have faith. We have to risk. And I love one of the, the greatest joys that I have as a pastor is looking around at people in whom they have uh, just grown consistently as they have taken a step out of their comfort zones and into a place of faith and into a place of risk. And I think that that is where God is calling us to in our journeys is will you step out of your comfort zone will you step out in your place where you need to grow we need to be changed we need to transform we step out into a place where you need to have all these things here where you need to have a new identity a new mind new eyes and ears new voice new heart we walk in in new desires and, and a new path step out step out of your comfort zones So over the next few weeks, we're going to journey a bit around spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. But hopefully this has been a good foundation for you to think that we have Holy Spirit in us. And if we can know Jesus, we can know Holy Spirit. And if we can know Jesus, we can know the Father as well. That actually the revelation of of the Trinity comes um, as each one actually reveals each other and glorifies and honors each other. Uh, And so Holy Spirit is not this mystical power or energy. He is a person and he is at work and he is bringing you change and he is bringing you transformation. So I think we're going to do one last worship song. Um, So why don't we stand together?